0: of short, powerful teachings that will show you how to create better health God's way. It's at the slash miniseries. Go check it out now. Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? Oh, my goodness, y'all. I have so much to tell you. (laughs) We're talking about the thyroid today, which is a pretty big subject. Um, and the, a lot of the reason that I wanted to take the nutritional blood chemistry class, the blood of humans, because I wanted to learn more about the thyroid. And I knew that in this particular class, they were, this is where they were going to address it. And so that was a lot of my drive to want to take it because I had some cursory knowledge about the thyroid. You know, I have some general knowledge about what to do to support it. But there are so many people that experience Thyroid issues that I really just wanted to educate myself so that I could better educate you, so that I can better help my clients. Um, because when we think of the the thyroid, it is the master metabolic gland, and you know one thing that of course I work with clients on. I have feast to fast, and a lot of people come to me um, because they want to lose weight. You know, I want people to be healthy. Um, But a lot of people are wanting to lose weight. And that's a lot of the reason they take feast to fast. A lot of people see success with that. Um, If they don't, and it's time to dig for something deeper, thyroid could be part of that, okay? And so I needed to know, what do I need to be looking for uh, when it comes to thyroid? How can I help people if we need to dig a little deeper? And so that's what I was really excited to learn about when I was taking uh, nutritional blood chemistry. But guess what I learned? I learned... That I have hypothyroidism. And not only that, I have Hashimoto's, which is the um, autoimmune condition associated with the thyroid, hypothyroid. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Because, I, I mean, when I got those blood results back, my blood panel back, I was like, you've got to be kidding. Are, are you kidding me? I was blind, decided, blind, decided, y'all, by. These numbers that I saw on my um, my blood panel results, and I share I have shared with you when I did the podcast um, about a functional the functional approach to cardiovascular numbers. You know um, that I got that a whole panel back with several things that came back that surprised me. Right, my vitamin D was low; it was in the tank. Um, I, my homocysteine was high. And if you don't take care of that, that can present a higher cardiovascular risk. And so um, that is associated with, you know, kind of tweaking your B vitamin intake. My LDLs were high, you know, some signs of dehydration. So there was some really valuable information there. But I also had seen these thyroid numbers. And um, I I was so shocked by it. In fact, I went through several levels of emotion that have taken me these last few months to process, which is why I couldn't, I haven't shared this with you before. And I feel like I've been holding back all this information, like holding back on you, like what about this thyroid? <laughs> like I needed to share it with you. Um, but I, I really had to process it for my own before I was, I was ready, because I definitely went through a little phase of shock, a little phase of anger, like uh hello I'm a nutritionist body don't you know that why do I have this I shouldn't have this uh, you know that's that was not really you know the right emotion I mean but it's the emotion I felt I'm human of course I'm so what I'm a nutritionist I can get any of these things right um, but that was my first thought um, and I also you know I went through sadness I went through denial. Um, what I really wanted to do is like rip up the paper and pretend I never saw it, okay? Because here's here's the weird thing, right? I mean, I was so shocked by these numbers because I don't experience the most common symptoms of hypothyroidism. And the, the top three would be, um, and I heard somebody else uh, phrase it this way, uh, fat, fatigued, and foggy. <laughs> Okay. Um, and I was like, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. So a lot of people with hypothyroidism um, experience um, being overweight, being just extremely tired all the time, and kind of that brain fog, you know, just that little kind of mental f- fogginess. Now, would I like to remember where I parked my car? A little better, yeah, I would. Uh, could I stand a little bit more energy? Sure. I mean, who who wouldn't like a little more energy? But you know, for where I am in my life and everything I have going on as a middle-aged person with three kids and a busy schedule and you know, running a business, running a household, um, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I have a pretty good amount of energy. Um, you know, my brain's working pretty well. I'm I'm not overweight. You know, I I'm at a really healthy, good weight, and so i I just never thought um, this would be such a, a problem for me, right? But what I've discovered is that there are a lot of underlying symptoms that are associated with hypothyroid, and um, that I do have some of some of those. So that would be things like a tendency towards constipation. Now, um, you know, I have that. I've shared a lot, right, ad nauseum, about my pooping habits around here. Um, and I have that fairly well under control, but I have to say that I have to be on top of it probably more than the average person that just goes well, that doesn't even have to think about pooping every day, it's just normal, right? So I tend towards constipation, and if I'm not on top of things, I will be constipated. And so, um, so there's that. Um, also, I, um, um, I'm not a big sweater. Uh, I don't sweat very readily. And I didn't realize that it was associated with hypothyroidism. I have really dry skin. That's another sign that um, really I've battled dry skin my whole life. I remember even as a child, just being just looking, just like feeling ashy, just like that layer of like dry, ashy. And I still I really do still have really dry skin, which obviously can be caused by a lot of things, you know, but that I feel like I have addressed um, for the most part. Um, you know, hydration is one, drinking enough water, having enough minerals in your system, the right minerals to support your skin, also enough fatty acids, and being able to absorb and assimilate and utilize all of these this nutrition. Um, and so I feel like I've addressed all those things, but still had, still have dry skin. So there's that, and then, The last one is that there's sometimes I'm just inexplicably cold, (laughs) you know, like it is not cold in here, but I am. Um, Socks, sweater, all the things in my family is like, what is your problem, mom? It's not cold in here. Um, And so some of you might have experienced that, that just, um, that being cold all the time. So those are all some symptoms that would indicate hypothyroidism but they're not they're not as well known and they're not like it's not things that are ruining my daily life you know um they're just nagging it's just this those things you can kind of ignore a little bit there it's not a big deal like being um so exhausted you can't get out of bed i mean that's one that affects your daily life right that affects a lot of people with hypothyroidism or um, just really can't think straight anymore. And that's kind of scary, you know, when you're just like, something's wrong with me, what is it? Um, And then being overweight and just, you know, battling that and just trying your best and trying your hardest for everything. And that's not budging. And so, um, you know, once I got over (laughs) these stages that I went through over these past three months of just grappling with, okay, I have this, this is a thing. I'm going to have to do something about it. Um, then I just, I feel like I have felt this sense of urgency to share this with you because I think about all of the women um, in the world who might be walking around with this and have no idea, like me, but that are affected so severely in their daily life um and might you know may just have no idea because they've never been tested i mean i would really really i wish i had had a thyroid test a long time ago just even as a baseline like how's my thyroid doing we doing okay here i wish i had that information you know because i've done a lot of things over these years you know gut protocols i've been gluten free for years i just wonder where would i be without all that Those are pretty significant, which we're going to talk about today when it comes to your thyroid. Um, And so I might be in an even worse condition, um, which I don't even feel like I'm in a bad condition, which is why I wanted to deny this. I was almost like, why, why stir up a problem where I don't have one? You know, like, I don't want to be focusing on something, creating this big problem and this drama when there's really, I don't really have a problem. But the truth is, um, If especially when you have an autoimmune component to this, it is a problem. It's if if you're not addressing it, you are just you're going to be dealing with ongoing inflammation, which could be could aggravate you know at at best aggravate the situation, at worst lead to really detrimental health issues. And so I knew I couldn't ignore it, but I wanted to. Um, And so anyway. Uh, but I do feel this sense of urgency to tell you all about it, and I'm ready now. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to tell you about it. um because it's so important. I like I said, i was i didn't think i completed my thought. um huh, see maybe that's the hypothyroidism. Um, no, I you know, i I just have this one client in mind who you know she her health goal, one of her health goals over the years has been to lose weight. and um, she's been I've worked with her, with her for years. She's been in the Christian Health Club for. You know, since the beginning and um, and she has made amazing strides in her diet and her, you know, exercise and everything she, in her mental health, just really addressing stress and and um, just, you know, her herself and just going you know, just all of it. She's done all of these things right. And she's still, you know, having trouble with that budging that the scale. And so I asked her recently, I said, have you ever had your thyroid checked? She was like, no, I don't think so and now that i know what i know you know i am shocked by this that um a doctor would not be like hey let's run a thyroid panel see if that could possibly be contributing to this weight that won't budge um you know so we're going to talk about all of this today and it's why i really i want you to listen and soak it in and 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 consider it for yourself, but also friends, please share this. I I feel like this is such important information to get out there because there are so many women dealing with hypothyroidism. Now listen, people also deal with hyperthyroidism, which is an overactive uh, thyroid, but it's it's less Less common than hypo, so I'll be talking about both today, but really focusing in mostly on hypothyroidism. We're going to talk about the thyroid in general, what it is, what it does, what you need to know about it, um, and testing and all that good stuff. But it it affects so many more women in the world than you think, whether they know it or they don't know it. You know, we know for sure that about ten percent of the population um, suffer from hypothyroidism, but there's probably about forty percent more that um, experience more subtle thyroid imbalances like me. And even though they're subtle and they're not affecting my daily life, there's like this whole um, fire going on in my body I didn't realize. Like literally where there's smoke, there's fire. I have these little smoke, these little smoke signals my body's trying to give me like, hey, skin's dry, don't sweat, don't poop well. You know, sometimes you're cold, just a little smoke, but you know, apparently I have fire going on up in there. And I've got to do what I can do to put it out. And so, um, you know, we are talking about a lot lot of women in the world, um, likely one in eight that will experience a thyroid imbalance in her lifetime. And of course, we experience it more than men do, because that's just how it is. Um, So let's dig into this. Okay, are you ready? I'm coming at you with just a wave of information here. I've been holding back. feel like i've been holding back these past few months holding back this wave and now i'm just going to gush it all over you okay so here we go (laughs) okay so the thyroid in case you don't know where it is it's in your neck and it's the shape like a butterfly like a little innocent butterfly hanging out in your neck kind of below where your adam's apple um, is and that little butterfly is your master metabolic gland i mean it regulates your metabolism Okay, it controls the rate that your body produces energy from food, which has a major effect on your overall energy um, and heat production. You know, it, it plays a role in regulating your body temperature, which is why, you know, when it's off, you can feel cold. So thyroid hormones are used by every cell, every cell of your body to regulate metabolism and body weight by controlling the burning of fat for energy and heat. Okay, do I have your attention now? <laughs> the master of your metabolism. This has got to be working right. So when it comes to um, the thyroid, there we when when things are off. Okay, we can think of those in four major category categories. Um, as I already mentioned, there's hyper. It's like overactive. Your thyroid is hyper. It needs to calm down. Okay, but it's making too much thyroid hormone where you have underactive thyroid hypothyroidism, and it's making too little thyroid hormone. Then there is thyroid autoimmune disorders, and we have Hashimoto's, which is the one associated with hypo, underactive thyroid. And there's Graves' disease, which is associated with hyperthyroidism. And then the last category are you know growths, like um, cysts or nodules or cancer that can be affecting the thyroid. Okay. And so when it comes to, to hypothyroidism, I just want to run through some of the um, some of the things that uh, symptoms, signs, um, things that can go off. I've already mentioned fat, fatigued, and foggy. <laughs> um, that pretty much nails it and gives you a good visual of that. Um, mentally sluggish, depressed, cognitively challenged, you know, goes along with that fogginess of brain. Um, you may experience um, something called parathesia, which is that pins and needles, you know, when you you feel like your, um, your limbs have fallen asleep, you know, so you feel like your limbs are falling asleep or you get those pins and needles. I had, did not know that, but it can be uh, associated part of a, a low thyroid. Um, your thyroid plays a role in the development of your muscles. So some hypothyroid people may experience muscles that tend to cramp or be more tender to the touch. And in fact sometimes fibromyalgia may be an underlying thyroid issue okay now um speaking of that pins and needles and limbs falling asleep my legs falling asleep Ow. <laughs> i have to shift i have to shift in my closet it's not easy because i'm afraid i'm gonna knock the microphone over and do all that okay i have shifted now okay so um let's see because uh because a thyroid hormone is involved and how you mobilize or burn fat, it's and it's also involved in the liver's synthesis of cholesterol, then hypothyroidism can lead to an increased LDL and increased triglycerides. Are you hearing me on this? Oh my gosh. Okay. So remember on my blood panel, I had high LDLs, right? And because thyroid is so integral into how we use fat in the body, um, that might be why my LDLs are high. Okay. Oh my gosh. I mean, y'all think of all, (laughs) think of all the women in the world that might have been prescribed a statin because they have high LDLs and triglycerides and maybe, you know, your diet's pretty good and such, and maybe it's a thyroid problem. Oh my goodness. Do you see why I'm stressing about this, I feel like I'm feigning myself over here, like, please, please, we, we got to know, we got to get this tested. We got to know if your thyroid's doing what it needs to do. Um, your thyroid also produces a hormone called calcitonin. And that is involved in bone remodeling. Okay, so the way that your body utilizes calcium to maintain bone strength. So if you are, you know, if you have osteoporosis or anything like that, I mean, we need to know if your thyroid is doing its job. Um, For a person with hypothyroidism, it can mean digestion is slow, and motility is slow, and that is what can lead to constipation. Now, a hyperthyroid person would experience the opposite of that. I mean, okay, so a hyper, you just think revved up. So revved up motility pooping too much, diarrhea, you know, whereas the hypo person's going to be cold, a hyper person's going to be hot. Where a hypothyroid person can't lose weight, a hyperthyroid person has trouble keeping it on. Okay. Um, The thyroid helps facilitate optimal estrogen and testosterone, um, which, you know, we need that for one and it all works into supporting a healthy libido. So you know, if your libido's in the tank, we we might want to check that thyroid Um, it plays a role in fertility the thyroid does because having an underactive or overactive thyroid can create fertility issues oh and here's another thing here's another bonus postpartum thyroid issues and thyroid issues um, kicked into gear during menopause are extremely common right like as if you don't have enough going on after you just had a baby or when you're trying to navigate Going into mer- to menopause, you might have this little bonus of <laughs> your thyroid going wackadoodle. a um, doodle So that's not great. But, you know, if you feel like you're going a little extra crazy, uh, maybe it's that's what it is, your thyroid. The thyroid helps promote healthy skin turnover and helps keep the skin hydrated. Okay? And so, hello, again you know, for me, I feel like I don't, you know, a pretty good amount of water. Um, I could step that up, definitely. And I had another, you know, one of those blood markers um, came back indicating that I my body's a little dehydrated. Um, but you know, my thyroid issue is playing into that. And so um, just so interesting. But hypothyroidism can also cause you know, puffy skin puffy dry, it can cause hair loss. Um, And so a lot of women experiencing hair loss might have a a thyroid issue. In fact, it's kind of interesting. One of the questions that we have on the NAC, on the Nutritional Assessment Questionnaire, um, is asks if the outer third part of your eyebrow is missing, because that is one of the signs of low thyroid output. Isn't that interesting? So if you're losing part of your eyebrow, the outer eyebrow, like that hair is just falling out, could be, it's a pretty good sign of that. Um, now, with hyperthyroidism, the skin would be more prone to itchiness, hives, raised patches. Um, and like I said, you know, whereas hypothyroidism with where the skin would be cold, hyper would be warm, you know, even flushed. So if you're flushing randomly and seemingly randomly, uh, like, why am I flushing so much? It could be that. And like I mentioned, with hypothyroidism, you're not, you might have trouble sweating, like releasing um, that, but with hyperthyroidism, you might sweat too much. You might be an over-sweater. Like, why do I sweat so much? could be that. Millions of women struggle with low thyroid symptoms, whether it is the more severe um, kind, and obvious kind, like we talked about, or a little more under the radar, um, like I was, like I am. Yet, you know, put all together, it explains a lot, right? But sadly, women are not being tested or they're not being tested with all of the markers necessary to get a full picture of what's happening. And they're certainly not being tested for the antibodies, which left unchecked can wreak major havoc on your thyroid system. So, okay, we have to get kind of geeky and technical about how the thyroid works so you can understand what's happening or supposed to happen, okay? So are you ready? Just put on your your nerd glasses with me and um, this is important for you to know. So the first thing is that your brain sends a message to the thyroid to make thyroid hormone as it's needed throughout the day, okay? So our hypothalamus... And our pituitary glands are you know, up in the brain. Your hypothalamus is kind of like the boss, like boss hog, all right? <laughs> like if we're thinking of the Dukes of Hazzard, if you're of my age, you probably watch that when you're little. So hypothalamus, a boss hog in your head and the pituitary glands like Roscoe. Roscoe P. Coltrane, okay? He has to go out and do whatever boss hog says. So your hypothalamus is the boss and your pituitary gland it carries out the directions of the boss. Okay, so the hypothalamus releases a hormone that tells the pituitary, hey, tell the, tell the thyroid to make some hormone. And so the pituitary is like, okay, yes, got it. The pituitary gland releases a hormone called TSH. And that's the hormone that says, hey, thyroid, make some thyroid hormone. Okay, now you might be familiar with this marker, TSH, because it is often the primary marker that doctors test for um, and look at. Because if your TSH is high, it's like your pituitary gland is screaming at your thyroid, hey, make more hormone, (laughs) you know? Um, And if it's low, it's like your pituitary gland is kind of whispering, like telling your thyroid, hey, back off, make less. So the pituitary acts as kind of like a thermostat and, and monitoring the temperature. You know, do we need to kick that heat on or do we need to kick it off? And your thyroid is, is like, the, like the furnace. So we definitely want to take into account and see what our TSH is doing. Okay, but it's not the be all end all marker of thyroid. You know, it's not giving you a lot of insight or detail as to why the pituitary is yelling or whispering. You know, Ideally, your pituitary is doing neither. It's just calmly telling your thyroid to produce thyroid hormone. And so when it does, um, it tells the thyroid, hey, thyroid, make some hormone. So then your thyroid produces two things, T4 and T3. Mostly it's making T4, a bunch of T4 and just a little bit of T3. Okay, T4 is the inactive Form of the hormone. And then it has to be converted into more T3. Okay, so you're only getting little T3, it's really not enough. Um, but T3 is what is this is what we want, girls, this is like the bioactive, powerful fat burning hormone that does all the things. It's the golden ticket. Okay, but when the thyroid gland gets that signal from the pituitary gland from Roscoe P. Coltrane, it is just uh, mostly making T4, that has to be converted into T3, okay? And the the, kind of the question I think is, uh, why do we even have T4? Like, why do we have this extra step, this middleman? you know, Um, why don't we just get T3 directly, right? Wouldn't that that be easier? You know, anytime you add extra people in the mix, it just gets more complicated. You know, like when you're planning a party, you're like, I just do it myself. You know, and so why T3, why don't you just come in and do it yourself? No, we have uh, T4 there. But the thing is, is that T3 is so powerful. um, It's about four times stronger than T4, that a full on force of T3 coming in without a little bit of discernment about, you know, how much we might need in the moment could cause some problems. So T4 x is kind of like a moderator in a way, you know, it helps determine how much your body needs. Um, and you know, it's going to convert it over almost kind of like a slow release mechanism. Um, so I means say you had a, a great workout, right, you worked out hard, your body needs some energy to burn, it would be a good time to give the body some more T3. Okay, but if you are under eating, or let's say, historically, it was a time of famine, the body is going to want to hold back and conserve some energy. You know, so you might have a little your T4 and be like, No, we got to hold on to some of this we, you know, you're not we're not going to convert as much because we don't need to be burning fat and burning energy, we need to hold on because sister obviously doesn't have enough food in the world. Okay, that's why going too low calorie for too long can affect your metabolism. It's amazing. I mean, God has designed the body this way to protect itself. You know, if there wasn't enough food, in the environment, your body will slow its role on burning energy, burning fat so that you can stay alive. Okay, that's why it does that. But we don't want it to slow its role <laughs> Most of the time, right? On converting T4 to T3, we wanna burn fat. Um, and there are several things that can go wrong in this conversion process. Okay, some things gotta happen for this conversion to go down. So some doctors may test TSH and T4, but not T3. So, and that can be kind of deceiving, you know, um, cause it can look like maybe your signal's good. Maybe the pituitary is good and saying like, you know, hey, thyroid, make your, make your hormone and your T4 looks good. It's loaded up and ready to go. Um, but unless you check your T3, your free T3, you don't actually know if you have enough circulating, like enough usable hormone, okay? If your T4 is high, um, then that can indicate it's not converting into usable T3. So if you've got a whole lot of T4, um, that can be a signal like, hmm, why do we have so much T4? Why is this out of range? Why is it so high? Is it because it can't convert into T3? Okay, so we these are all markers, we, we want to have this full picture of what's going on. So a lot of people do have conversion issues. And the first thing that you have to have to convert, are the right nutrients. Okay, so the key nutrients for this are iodine, selenium, zinc, magnesium, uh, general traits, minerals and vitamin D. Okay, now, uh, lots of people are deficient in one or more of these nutrients. I mean, remember I just got my test back with this my vitamin D's in the toilet right I mean I'm like okay is that the reason I mean is that part of the reason it could be so many things you know but that's these are the things we've got to ferret out here figure out um there um, okay let's see okay vitamin D all the nutrients okay when it, also when it comes to conversion we have to look at the liver because that's where most of this T4 to T3 conversion happens. It's where most of it goes down. So if you have an overburdened liver, which we have talked about a lot here before, right? And all the things that, remember the liver bucket and all the things we put on our liver every day and burden it with, um, if your liver is bogged down and can't do its job well, one of its many, many jobs it does in the body, well, this is one of them. Okay. And so if it's not doing its jobs, well, it may not be able to convert your T4 to your T3. Now, some of this conversion process also takes place in your gut. So about 40% happens in your liver, about 20% in your gut, and then 20% in some peripheral tissues. Okay, but, um, you know, we have to consider the gut here. What, how is the, how is our gut health? Again, we've talked a lot here about gut issues, um, but poor gut function can impair the conversion process. You've gotta have a healthy gut, healthy gut bacteria to facilitate conversion. Let me tell you an interesting story. So my friend was asking me to take a quick look at her thyroid lab results. Okay, she'd had a full panel done by her functional doctor, which is great, so she had all the markers done, and her doctor um, had established that it was a conversion issue. Um, which when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's appears to be right on track. And um, her doctor had prescribed her some supplemental support for that. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is, you know, first steps is just making sure we have, especially, um, you know, enough iodine, sodium, magnesium, all, like I just said, those things earlier, zinc to help that process. And so for some people, it might just be as simple as that. My friend was really thinking about her liver, you know, because she's like, uh, you know, I, my, I've done several liver detoxes, and I feel like that should be fine. And you know, I don't understand though because I still feel inflamed. And she's just had this kind of underlying inflammation that she feels like she cannot pinpoint. And she's done a lot of a lot of things. So I went through her whole blood lab panel and assessed it according to the functional reasons that I use that I learn in nutritional blood chemistry, you know, not not according to standard lab range. Remember, we talked about that because those don't always represent optimal health. You can be within a standard lab range and still feel awful, you know, or have obvious health issues. Um, But I found several of her markers pointing to a possible parasite infection. I was going through it and i was like oh well this one kind of points to that could be a possibility and so does this one and so does this one and so does this one i mean talk about being blindsided i mean neither one of us were expecting that right i'm like uh this is what i'm seeing here i mean it that doesn't mean it's a given but it's something we have to consider when you have several of these markers pointing in that direction if she has parasites man you know that would cause stress inflammation poor gut function all of which would impair conversion of T4 to T3. So isn't that interesting? She was like, what do I do? And I said, well, I would go through the cell core protocol, you know, be pro- go in and be proactive about killing off any potential parasites. Um, so that's what she's gonna do. Now, stress is another biggie that can affect the conversion process because cortisol inhibits conversion of T4 to T3. I mean, I know right there, you can be like, oh, well, that will throw your hands up. Well, that's it. (laughs) Of course, it's the stress. Um, And I know we're going through this and there's so many things that could, you know, be the root cause, be the issue that can go wrong. Um, And sometimes it feels overwhelming. I mean, I feel overwhelmed by this stuff all the time. But, you know, but it just goes to show we can't look at this stuff in a vacuum, you know? By the way, um, I never really got that saying in a vacuum it doesn't make sense to me, like it's not an obvious, you know, saying, like, what does it mean? Uh, But people use it nonetheless. And it means that what's happening cannot be separated from outside influences. And so that is a perfect uh, way to use it here. Things don't happen in a vacuum. Things don't happen just in your thyroid. It's not just um, about the actual thyroid gland, we have to consider so many other factors, nutrition, liver function, gut function, um, stress, you know, just to name a few. So let me tell you about another player here. Um, just stay with me here. I know some of this stuff is kind of technical and I hope you're not glazing, glazing over or, you know, but anyway, uh, but just hang with me because this stuff's important and we're almost through the, the kind of technical part of it. But, um, another player here is reverse T3. Um, reverse T3 is another hormone that's also there to kind of help moderate this flow um, of, of the hormones so that we get the right amount in our system. Reverse T3 acts as kind of like a cellular break, like, Whoa, Nelly, back up there, we don't need quite that much. So it's normal for some of the T4 to convert to T3 to reverse, I'm sorry to reverse T3 when we don't need as much active T3. So it's like reversing, it's like, whoop, the T4 is like, nope, we're going over here. We're gonna reverse this instead of converting into the active T3, because we don't you know, need that much. I kind of picture reverse T3 like just kind of taking on the overflow, you know? But what can happen is that too much can be converted into reverse T3 and not leaving us with enough of the active T3, you know? And that's not a good scenario either. We need the active circulating metabolic magic T3, right? And stress is probably the biggest reason that too much T4 would convert into reverse T3. But it can also be due to environmental toxins and other lifestyle factors. So if reverse T3 is high, that's what we need to address, we need to look at toxic load, whether that's from food, chemicals, you're putting on your body in your home, mold, all that kind of stuff, and of course stress. Always the stress. We gotta support those adrenals. So you can see it's not it's not straightforward, right? And that's often why women will be prescribed thyroid medication, but then still feel off or just or even terrible. Um, and it can be a constant battle trying to navigate dosages and just figuring all of this out. Okay. Um, and we haven't even talked about the antibodies yet. If you have the antibodies, so of course this is what threw me for a ginormous loop when I got my tests back. So, generally speaking, your immune system. Okay, so we've been talking. You know, we're talking about the thyroid, and so when we when we bring in the autoimmune component, then we're we're kind of looking at the immune system. Okay, so we have both of these big systems we're looking at here. Um, but generally speaking, your immune system produces antibodies when it perceives a threat by a foreign substance, you know, something like a substance is lurking there and your body's like, what is this, who is this foreigner? What is this enemy? And that could be a bacteria, a, a virus, or even a food, okay? And it's one reason that leaky gut can be so problematic because if the gut lining is letting through these food particles that aren't supposed to be there, the immune system can see that as a threat. Okay, this is um, this is when we start becoming real sensitive to foods, um, and so what the immune system will do is kind of tag that food with an antibody, um, kind of label it, and so every time you eat that food, it's like it's time to attack, <laughs> attack that food, attack that piece of banana, or attack you know attack that um, egg, or attack that whatever it may be. Um, that your body is seeing it as an enemy and so it's attacking and this keeps your immune system on high alert, overworked, stressed out, all the things. And so every time you eat that food, it's like war in your body. Now what's believed to be happening when it comes to autoimmune conditions is that the immune system mistakenly identifies parts of your own body as a foreigner as a foreign substance and it starts attacking, okay? So it might be like, uh, you know, oh, the thyroid, this thyroid tissue is a foreigner and I'm attacking it. Now, I have to say, I'm not 100% sure I buy this, this kind of theory of what autoimmune condition is. Um, And I'm not the only one, there are other health practitioners that don't either. Maybe you remember when I did the, um, when I interviewed the iridologist, Dr. Rebecca, Um, We we talked about that really briefly. We were both kind of like, I'm not sure if that's really what's going on. Um, You know, and both of us being Christians, I think our feeling about it was, you know, we know how how smart God made our bodies. Our bodies are crazy intelligent, you know, And, and with all of these backup systems that we've talked about, you know, like, okay, if it's, there's not enough food coming in, slow down the way the body uses energy. There's all these feedback loops and the body's always messaging itself about what's, about what's going on. And um, we have all these mechanisms built in. And so I'm just not sure that I see our body attacking itself as a totally viable. Now, I know that we live in this fallen world with so many toxic things coming at us more and more every day, and so maybe it does. Maybe it does make the body just short-circuit and like get confused. Um, But some practitioners believe that the immune system is actually attacking pathogens that might be hiding in these different parts of your body, these different tissues, kind of like lying dormant for a while, um, like maybe in the thyroid or the joints or the skin. And so what happens is that your immune system Um, it's not meaning to attack, be a direct attack on the gland, that it's not mistaking your gland or your tissue as the enemy, but what is burrowed in there. You know, so for instance, some people, um, some practitioners, holistic practitioners believe that Epstein-Barr, the Epstein-Barr virus is, you know, super sneaky and can burrow into tissue and lay low for years and then kind of come out and rear its ugly head every once in a while. Like maybe it's coming out of chickenpox or... Mono or shingles. I mean, those are all associated with the the Epstein-Barr virus. Um, but it can be active or inactive in the body. Doesn't mean it's necessarily gone, right? Um, so whether it's active or not, the body knows it's there. Now, I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about this. Um, that's about as much as I know. Okay, but the point is, I think there's a lot that we don't know, and I think there's a lot being discovered you know, on an ongoing basis. It is one reason I'm so fascinated with the cell core line and their doctors is because they, they're they really cutting edge on this kind of stuff. Um, and my little pea-sized brain is just trying to sort some of it out. Um, but as it stands now, the conventional thought is that the immune system is attacking the body. And what's kind of crazy, <laughs> what is crazy is that, you know, the antibodies are not often tested, you know, especially when it comes to thyroid, because here's the thing, most doctors just aren't trained to deal, are not trained to deal with it. And or don't think anything can be done about it. You know, so it kind of makes sense. Why would why would they test for it? You know, it doesn't really make sense if it's not in their wheelhouse to address or they don't even think it's important. But y'all, it's so important to know if you have an autoimmune component to your thyroid issue. You know, you can get a thyroid diagnosis, maybe some medication, right, to try to work on that. But if you don't realize your immune system is going so all over it, you're only, you're gonna have only marginal improvement, and likely endure long term damage. You know, there's there's the fire, the fire is in there, whether you know it or not. And while there's no cure for autoimmune conditions, there are plenty of people who manage it well, who reverse symptoms, who get those antibody numbers down into less dangerous territory and into normal ranges. I mean, it is possible because I've been doing a lot of reading on this. (laughs) Um, And so I just, I beg you, please have your antibody numbers tested when you get your thyroid tested. It is worth knowing um, but you're probably gonna have to fight for it to get this test. Again, doctors aren't keen to do it. Insurance companies aren't keen to pay for it, um, but pursue it. You know, um, I, I can run a very robust blood panel, which includes your typical CBC, metabolic markers, full iron, vitamin D, and all the necessary thyroid markers uh, to get a full picture, and it's $225. OK, so if you're in the Christian Health Club, I can order one for you. Um, but, you know, I, I know it's a bummer when insurance won't cover these things and your doctor doesn't want to do it. and You have to pay out of pocket. But girl, this is your health. Do not let the red tape of insurance block you from information you need to get better. OK, let's not put our health in this box of of that. All right. Um there's there's plenty of people that I have encountered who didn't realize they have Hashimoto's until they pushed for the antibody test because even though even though you know I have you know I've had this kind of cursory knowledge of the thyroid um, up until this point I've known enough all these years that when somebody came to me and they knew they had a thyroid issue I'm like Have you had your antibodies checked? Um, and they're like No, and I'm like Please. Go, go back and push your doctor for that because you already have hypothyroid. There's a, there, there's a good chance you might have Hashimoto's and it would just be something really important to rule out. Okay. Um, and then, you know, but I want to emphasize here, you may have no no screaming symptoms of a thyroid or autoimmune condition. Like, you know, somebody, me completely unsuspe- unsuspecting of it and I still have it. right, so there are two antibodies that you would wanna be tested for when it comes to Hashimoto's, TPO and TGB. They have longer names, but that's all you need to know, TPO and TGB, okay? Um, You can have one or the other, or you can have both. I am high in TGB, but not TPO. And like I said, as much as I want to pretend, like I'm not seeing you. I did not see that, see that I don't receive it. It is there and it has to be addressed. Whew. And I've gone back and forth in my head a lot over these last few months about what I wanna do about it. How do I wanna move forward? Because I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, right? Um, which is a blurse, like I say, it's the blessing and the curse. Um, because I know a lot of things and I know a lot of routes I could go um, and I like to experiment on myself. So all of that there's <laughs> presents, uh, presents choice and um, really has to be thought out. You know, at first I was like, oh, I'll just use some of these natural thyroid supplements that I learned about in my nutritional blood chemistry class. You know, because now I have this huge list of um, options, like this whole document of healing solutions for different scenarios, including, um, you know, a supplement that is kind of like Natural Armor, um, which is a, um, a thyroid supplement that is, uh, I mean, the thyroid medication that's commonly used. Now, this one I, that I have, it doesn't supply hormones directly, but it's a, it's a glandular and it's really powerful. Um, and so I even ordered, I ordered some of these supplements, they're all sitting in my cabinet. Um, but, you know, what, I, I've, what I've been thinking about is like, that's kind of like jumping to medication kind of, you know, Um, even in, I think a lot of us, a lot of us, um, and I try not to, but sometimes, you know, I'm geared toward that. I'm like, oh, we can use this supplement, right? And we almost use supplements like medication. And so we have to be careful about that. Um, And with when it came to this, you know, every fiber of my being, and when I say that, I'm like, Holy Spirit is in every fiber of my being telling me, Don't do that. Not yet. Don't don't go there just quite yet. Not without making sure that I'm doing everything within my power to take care of business with my body. You know, am I addressing the foundational needs of my body first and giving it its best shot to balance out on its own before I jump to these strong supplement or pharmaceutical, you know, thyroid interventions? You know, I have for sure felt overwhelmed (laughs) thinking about all this. But when I finally got past the initial shock, anger, sadness, it's like, okay, let's just take a deep breath and go back to what we know here. So first things first, I kind of prescribed myself the Genesis prescription, you know, um, this idea of looking back in our bodies in relation to creation, making sure that we're getting enough of these important foundations, water, sun, grounding, plant and animal foods, sleep, movement, you know, good breath. Because if we're not doing these basic things, we're not giving our bodies the best shot at healing. And you can throw medication and supplements all over that. Um, and it's just a band-aid. Right. And so I definitely have some room for improvement in these areas. And I suspect a lot of you know, a lot of people do too. other people. And so actually, uh, this is a lot of the reason that I have decided in the um, Christian Health Club this summer, we're focusing on this. That's kind of how that all got brewed up. Because I'm like, I need to focus on this for myself, for my health, making sure I am being accountable to these foundations. And so that is what we're going to do. We have Feast to Fast, Purpose of the Body coming up in May, And then in June and July, we are Genesis prescriptioning ourselves, people, okay? So just get ready for that. Um, So that's number one. Then the next thing is dialing in more um, dietary tweaks. So this is where, you know, I'm always talking about nutritional therapy, when we might have to use a little bit more extreme, a little bit more therapeutic approach to support the body, Um, you know, to support the body's nutritional needs and lower inflammation. Well, we're there, my friend. (laughs) This is the case that we use one of those uh, therapeutic approaches. And there are different considerations, certain considerations that need to be made when you have an autoimmune condition. You know, Primarily, we've gotta consider what foods may potentially be setting off the immune system. And sadly, there can be a lot of them. Um, But the top five are gluten, dairy, soy, corn, and eggs. Now I have eliminated all of those at one time or another, Except for eggs, and so with a very, very, very heavy heart, I have to say that is one that I am eliminating for now. And that alone, like coming to grips with giving up eggs, took me at least a solid week. To that was part of like the grieving, you know, to mourn. I had to mourn over the fact that I um, was not going to be able to have eggs before getting started. And believe me, there's a lot of other things I'm cutting out, but that was a biggie. Um, Dairy, I've given it up before, but not when I had my um when I had my food sensitivity test done, uh, dairy came up, but not goat dairy. Goat dairy was fine, and so I had goat dairy, um, and I seem to tolerate that well. But generally speaking, it has been a really long time since I've cut out full dairy because cheese because I love cheese. But I got to do it. You know, I got to cut I got to cut these things out. Now, of course, I have given up gluten. uh, You know, I've been gluten free for a very long time. Um, And I'm grateful for that. Because like I said earlier, who knows where I'd be uh, if you know, how much worse things would be if I hadn't been gluten free. And let me tell you, friend, gluten is non negotiable with Hashimoto's, you have got to take that out. Um, Gluten molecules look similar to thyroid hormone molecules. And so it's, it can, that really confuses the body, okay, and can make the body, um, you know, do that quote unquote, like attack, you know, that immune system attack the thyroid worse because it's mistaking these gluten molecules for thyroid molecules, okay? And this is called molecular mimicry. And it can happen with other foods besides gluten, uh, but particularly for the thyroid, it is critical to get the gluten out of your system. Um, but there are many more food compounds that can set off the immune system. And it's hard to say what that is for each person. Like we talked about last week, you know, that concept of bio-individuality. Um, and so one of the the kind of go-to therapeutic dietary approach when somebody has an autoimmune condition is AIP, the autoimmune protocol. And oh, it cuts out a lot of a lot of things, Um, a lot of the well known inflammatory um, foods, like for instance, nightshades, which um, encompass things like tomatoes, eggplant, peppers, um, stuff like that, potatoes, it cuts out nuts and seeds, you know, it cuts out all the majors we've already talked about the top five. And so it cuts out a lot of things. And I have recommended that dietary approach to many people. Many people throwing that out there like, oh, you need to do AIP. And I just want to give you a big hug and say, I'm sorry I wasn't more empathetic. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Um, these are these are overwhelming. You know, even for me, I've been in this, this space for, been doing this for a solid eight years now. And before that, reading for several years and, you know, self-educated. Um, and even with all that under my belt, this is overwhelming. So, um... I just want to say that, so you know, like I don't think this is easy. I don't. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for anybody. Now, what I have, I have decided not to go AIP. I am going. the The dietary approach I have decided on is a more um, animal based carnivorous type approach, and I'm going to come back another day and tell you all about it, why I chose it. Because actually when you look at uh, this kind of carnivorous approach that I'm taking and you look at AIP, I would have to say the carnivorous approach is actually more limiting. Um, But it's a little bit more direct, I feel like. Less, anyway, I'm gonna come back another day when I have a little bit more of it under my belt, okay? I've been doing it for about a week now. Um, I went, (laughs) I told the people in the Christian Health Club know this because I've been sharing my food, sharing this plight that (laughs) what I'm doing here for a little bit. So and I told them I'm like, You are my accountability. I need that. That's my that is the you know, my personality type is that I need somebody to be accountable to. Now it's it helps a lot to know like I have seen these numbers. That's why Testing can be so helpful because sometimes you got to be slapped upside the head with these facts in your face to know, like, okay, I mean, I can't argue with this. I have to do something, or this could be really bad for me, right? So, um, but it's still it's hard. So, I am um, sharing that with them, and actually, one of the gals in the Christian Health Club who has Hashimoto, she's like, I'm gonna do this with you. She said, as soon as I get back from Vegas. <laughs> so, Julia shout out to Julia. Um, and so and I told you know, I kind of threw it out to some other people. If you have an autoimmune condition, you want to kind of you want to do this with me do it. So I'm going to be doing that. So this upcoming Feast of Fast, we're about to start Feast of Fast uh, the beginning of May. And so things are going to look a little different. My food's going to look a little different than normal. You know, I post my food every day. But what's cool is that what I'm doing fits within the Feast of Fast um, parameters. I mean, you know, feast to fast, like I said, it's kind of a broad, it's kind of your broad base that you start with, you know, and then from there, once you have that under your belt, and and you're doing that, then if you need to make dietary tweaks, then that's when you go in And do that. And so that's what I'm doing, doing this dietary uh, approach, this nutritional approach, but it fits right into Feast to Fast, you know, even um, with carbs and um, feast days and everything. So it's going to be kind of interesting, but I'm going to really rely on my... Um, Christian Health Club members um, who have done Feast of Fast before to be sharing and posting their pictures because for any newbies that are joining, you know, um, mine's going to look a little different than it normally does. And so everyone's pretty good about sharing, not everyone, but a lot of people are good about sharing, which is great. So we get ideas and encourage and help each other. But uh, my veterans in there, I'm going to need you to step it up so that so that the new feast of fasters can see more of a variety than i'm going to be representing okay um so that's where we are i am working on that and i will like i said update you share with you more of my thought process behind it what i'm doing um in an upcoming episode today i just wanted we had to leave this groundwork there's as you can see there's so much to know to understand um, I'm also going to have a guest on coming up in the next, I don't know, next few weeks at some point um, to go into more about, um, I heard her in a podcast actually, and she, she has just been through the ringer with her thyroid and she had to figure out things by herself. She wrote a book about it. Um, she is really knowledgeable about Medication options and just all the nuances and variances that come with this, and so I'm gonna have her on. So let's be kind of like a part two, like the next part to talk about talk about this. All right, um, but we covered a lot of bases today, and um, I hope you found it helpful, interesting. I hope you'll share it with people because with other women, especially if uh, you know, oh my gosh, y'all, I was at Hobby Lobby the other day, and I just heard about these these women were talking, and one was like, "I'm just losing my hair," and da da da. And I want to just hop over and be like, um, have you had your thyroid checked? I was so close, but you know, I can't do that. I can't just be, first of all, I was eavesdropping. That's not cool. But, um, you know, it's like, I know they're everywhere. And so I, I need you to, to know for yourself, but also to share this with other people to, um, it could be a missing clue. A big missing piece of their health that they need to, you know, be tested for and have this full these full uh, panel of markers to really know because just TSH and T4 are not going to give you the full picture. All right, so I, that's what I hope you've learned today. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for wanting to learn, for sharing it with others. It takes a village, my friend. We've got to we've got to share this stuff um, so that people are aware. All right, my friends, Um, I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon.